What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's show of Household and Homestead. I am Pastor Stewart, and as always, this is Pastor Brandon. Happy to be here with you guys yet again. This week, we got some exciting stuff going on. Listen to this. The theory of communists may be summed up in one single sentence, the abolition of private property. Today, mm. we are talking about... Marxism. Marxism and you. The Marxism movement. I like it. Okay, so today we're digging into that, and we're going to talk about Marxism. We're going to talk about it in the family. We're going to talk about how it affects the economic sphere. Um, but before we get there, yeah, you know, maybe we should visit about a few other things. Got a few announcements. Yeah. I mean, we need to point out our new digs. Oh, I forgot. Huh? Our brand new <laughs> high dollar. That's it. Major high budget studio. Isn't that right, Marxist Matt? I mean, Magamat. I mean, with Matt. the new studio comes a new nickname. That's right. <laughs> he was losing so many of his cool hip friends, you know. Oh dear God, we're regressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, no, we got a new studio, so now we can say whatever we want. Mm. Wait, no, we were doing, we were doing. We that were pretty already. much doing that. Okay, okay. but at least Never we don't mind. have, you know, <laughs> tunes and. And coffee grinders going off in the background. That's also true. That's also true. We're still true. working on our, our lighting, though. I'm looking at my bald head here, and it shines I oh like so bright. the glimmer that you have. Mine's better, though. If you look There's at just, mine, mine ooh. is like, there's a divine light on the top I'm going to turn this right off here. so I don't have to look at it anymore. It's fantastic. All right. It's fantastic. But anyway, yeah, so new digs, new studio, exciting yeah. times, exciting times. Let yeah. us know what you guys think about the new studio in the comments. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, what that else? may have, you may not have uh, wanted to. Uh, I don't want to know. Actually, <laughs> please stop saying it. <laughs> Why do you have to hurt me? We so much? We have lots of suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I do have one um, big announcement for Christchurch and got? for all those listening. We are in the process of raising up a benevolence fund. A benevolence fund, yeah. Also known as a charity fund or a deacons fund is another name that churches use for this. Now, our church has an emergency fund. That is to um, use sort of uh, for the church institutional Yeah, when there, uh -huh. when there might be a, a difficulty. But a benevolence fund or a deacon's fund is for caring for the needs of the working poor in the church. In the congregation. In the itself. congregation, the households themselves, the individuals. It's sort of a, a, a buffer emergency fund okay. for okay. the working poor in the church. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. And, of okay. course, for those who cannot work. And who are helpless mm. and, and need help as well. Actual, and so, like widows and orphans, that was the point of those texts in the Bible. Yeah, right. the handicapped and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Now, and the reason I want to say that in this show is because we're talking about Marxism. Mm. And we're dismantling it. Ooh. And unfortunately, in our day and age, the, the, yeah, the Marxists in our day and age, they've sort of cornered the, uh, the market on relief of the poor. Mm. They've, they've won the propaganda battle. So that people literally think of them as caring for the poor, when in fact right. they are, are making war against the poor. And anytime they, you put forward a, a, a separate idea than what is common Marxism, the response is very often is, but what about the poor people? So you don't care about the poor? That's so right. you're a crony capitalist and a corporatist? <laughs> and so we ha I want to just say this. As a church, if we're going to confront the ideologies of the world, mm -hmm. which we are called to do by Jesus, Amen. we have to provide an alternative we want people, when they are saved, mm -hmm. to, to begin to resist the mercy of the wicked. 
to Ooh. to detach themselves from statist welfare mm. and all mm. of the attendant um, viruses that come along with that. Right. But we have to, on the other hand, be ready to empower, to maximize, to engage in the use of margins and follow the biblical gleaning laws. We have to do everything that the Bible says about biblical welfare. Mm-hmm. And, and that includes having a benevolence fund in order to do many things. But benevolence funds in the Bible were used for relief. Emergency relief, mm-hmm. and they were also used for short-term, micro, interest-free loans to help people through situations of emergency mm-hmm. or to even start businesses, to, to provide those first two rungs right. on the ladder, mm-hmm. those first two rungs that Marxism very often removes. and so Which are? Which are? The two rungs. What are the two Well, rungs? being able to enter into the workforce mm. um, at a lower rate than your competitor. Ooh. That's one... That's a great advantage. Or being able to purchase property or tools, interest-free loans, so that you can get to the point where you can compete in the market. That's how we started this business was being cheaper than everybody else. That's That's how you start. That's how how everybody starts. That's right. (laughs) But if your industry was controlled by Marxist unionists Mm. and they had set the terms, set the prices – you know, set the wages mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and loaded you down with all manner of regulations and bureaucracy and red tape, right. you would never be able to get in at that lower level. Mm. And the people at, that had already gotten in years before and were you know grandfathered in mm-hmm. would control the entire market. Mm. And mm-hmm. so there's so much to say about that. But right. we are what I'm trying to say is that when we deconstruct Marxism, the gospel takes its place. Mm. The Bible takes its place. But here's the problem. People in Acadiana don't know what the Bible has to say about charity and welfare. Ooh. They only know Marxism right. or some other form of crony capitalism or corporatism mm-hmm. or whatever. And so as we deconstruct, deconstruct one, just stick with us because it's going to take a long time right. to build up an, a worldview of biblical welfare and right. biblical charity. Right. It's not in us. It takes a long time to discover right. and to, um, to build up. And, and so, so we're it, not just tearing down and, and being left with nothing. Right. We're tearing down in order that the gospel and the law of God might um, be supreme. So I should take this moment to plug. Uh, if you are maybe not a part of Christ Church and maybe you're listening for the first time to this kind of concept, we just finished a sermon series like last week, week before, yeah. called Good News to the Poor. And the whole point was to lay out what the foundation of biblical welfare really is. So I'd encourage you, you can go to sermonaudio.com, pull that particular sermon series up and listen to it. It's only like, what, four or five sermons long? Yeah, four or five sermons, just yeah. an introduction. Yeah, you could just listen to that over lunch if you wanted to. No big yeah. deal. That's it. That's it. But yeah, so Marxism. Yeah. Marxism. Where, where are we going at? How are we, how we going to start this? How do you start this well, conversation? You ever played, of course you have, Monopoly. I'm super bad at it also. I should say that. Like, you, uh, you're always the car. You always choose the car. I, I prefer the battleship, personally. Mm. Um, that goes back to like nostalgia with me as a child, driving, like shooting guns <laughs> at people. It made me feel. It made me feel nice inside. I enjoyed it. I'm always the um, the odd man out. I choose the thimble. I like Whoa. the sort of the the unmarketing aspect of the thimble. <laughs> yeah. Always the contrary. Always the contrary. <laughs> the thimble, and I'll take the iron as well. Um, while everyone is in there just <laughs> fighting and scraping for the car, mm. I'm with the thimble. <laughs> Textile maybe that industries. W- maybe that way you'd know you're not going to be disappointed. You're right. like, no, I want this. Right. I choose this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> this was my idea. 
Exactly. Well, that's if you think fantastic. about all those little pieces, we have the automobile industry, mm-hmm. we have the textile industry, mm-hmm. we have the iron, which may represent the domestic industries. Oh, okay. And the okay. family. I'm, okay. I'm not exactly sure. We have all of these different pieces. Okay. You have the top hat, the merchants, the bankers. Ooh. You know? And if you think about hat. Monopoly, what is it that determines who owns the property? Pure skill. Yes. Absolute, total, <laughs> like. They know. Oh wait, no, it's not that at all. No, it's it's luck. It's chance. It's, it's chance. That's mm, exactly right. All right, all it's right. It's luck. Right. It's chance. How we doing, uh, producer Matt? We doing okay over there? I keep hearing my uh, my own <laughs> you hear voice. Your voice and his uh, speaking back to me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, yeah. So, what is it that determines who owns the property? But luck, the dice. chance. Ooh. Nothing virtuous about being wealthy. Hmm. You just lucked out. Mm. And and mm. and and so once it's interesting. It's not from hard work. It's mm. not from dedication. It's just where the dice fall. It's where the dice fall. There's no order. There's no divine mm. sovereign who is exercising his providence and sovereignty over the earth through Very covenantal blessings and cursings. Um, there's no Father God who knows precisely what we need and when we need it. Mm. There's no Lord raising up and tearing down nations. Mm. There's no God who gives to one. To some one, to others five, and to, to others, others ten. ten yep. There is no, there is no being outside of the board. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is the board. It is a limited, uh, a, a limited economy. It is a universe with a lid on top of it, mm. and it, it is um, the players who then have their turns to take their chances. Mm. You know, at rolling the dice. Mm. Now, what happens, everybody knows this in Monopoly, based on who gets certain properties right out of the gate, you begin to have an advantage over everyone else. Those blue ones. What were they called? Park Place and Park Place something. Uh, and uh, Boardwalk. Oh, that was it, man. If you got those two, it's over. Yes. Put hotels on them things. And I'm, I'm sure some cry. of our listeners, we have some probably some Monopoly, some very skilled Monopoly players mm. here. They probably have strategy. Some shrewd um, capitalists Ooh. who are... Good at exploiting mm. the poor and the oppressed. <laughs> you see, once you gain a certain number of properties, there's an unfair advantage. It's impossible for the little guy at this point to make it. Right. Because as he goes round and round, the rents increase mm-hmm. and his payments increase mm-hmm. until he eventually is your bond servant. Mm-hmm. And all that he has is given to you. Yeah. And you lose. There and does die. come a point in that board game where it's just like, this is a, why are we still playing? We don't need to play anymore. You own it. I quit. I'm done. The only thing at that point that can happen I've never is for the table though. to be flipped. <laughs> <laughs> you see? The rage quit. Mm. That's all you can do is we're changing the rules of this rigged monopoly system. Mm-hmm. Revolution. I'm out. The, the rise of the proletariat. I have no idea what that word means. It, the rise of the exploited, the underclass. Oh, okay. I right? like it. I like it. That's or helpful. or let's rent controls. Price mm. controls. Okay. Perhaps there is some central planner or some tyrant with guns who can say to the one who owns all the property and who has um, won the game of chance mm-hmm. and has all these things, you will lower your rents. You will distribute. Or we'll send you directly to jail. Or you go to jail. Do not pass go. That's right. <laughs> you see, the game of Monopoly was created by socialists, mm. by Marxists. Mm. Um, and part of the idea is to teach what they believed was the inevitable result 
of capitalism. Hmm. They believe capitalism did automatically lead to the exploitation of the poor and the oppressed and a sort of winner-take-all in-game. Okay, okay. All right? I got it. I'm so tracking. So if you get monopoly, you kind of get the way a socialist or a Marxist thinks in yeah. their mind, their, mm-hmm. their theology, mm-hmm. their philosophy, mm-hmm. right? You can see that in the game, everything is rigged. The more property you get, right. the less others can get because it's, it's all a, a zero-sum game. There's only so many pieces of property, right? Okay. There's no ability to create other means of production or other properties. Mm. It's a zero-sum game. As they get it, you don't have it. Mm-hmm. They control the rents, and they eventually squeeze everything out of you until you become their wage slave. Okay. Yeah, if they let you exist. Okay. The only okay. way forward is revolution. Ooh. The only way forward is to change the name of the game. Mm-hmm. So that is how Marxists, deep in their philosophy or their religion, mm-hmm. view the world. They believe the world not to be governed by a covenantal Lord mm-hmm. or a loving Father or a gracious and abundant provider. They don't believe in a God who can rain manna. From heaven, right. created out of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't believe in a God who pours water out from a rock. They believe in an atheistic, closed system. Mm. So that when a Marxist... Now, they may not have chosen to be a Marxist. Mm-hmm. They may have just grown up in government school. Right. So they it's deep it. in their worldview. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So when they see their neighbor, mm-hmm. and their neighbor has a lot... Right. They cannot rejoice with those who rejoice mm. because in their mind, him having a lot it means he's evil because it means they have little. Mm. And so the only way they can engage economically with their neighbor mm-hmm. is through envy. Mm. They want what he has and they don't want him to have it because him having it means they can't. Mm. So you see, when a Marxist worldview comes over a person, right. it crushes their imagination. Mm. Mm-hmm, you see mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, crushes their innovation. Mm-hmm, For them, the, the game is rigged. Mm-hmm. For them, they are oppressed. They're exploited. The yeah. dice didn't fall in their favor. Okay. There's nothing they can do. They don't think like a Christian okay. who, who is constantly saying, well, what niche is there that I can fill? Mm-hmm. Perhaps there's a service what that I can, can I provide. Yeah. You how see what we, I mean? How can we get in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so I hope folks are starting to pick up on this. Um, how are we doing on our new studio and the technology and the wiring? And how are we doing, Producer Matt? We're doing good. We're doing fantastic. Um, Marvelous, in fact. Matt's it, over here checking multiple feeds at the same time. Like, this is... We need to... I need to take a second. You guys need to see Matt's tiny desk. Hold on. Show him the tiny desk. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta take a look at this. Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. There it is. That's... That's Matt right there. I've been doxxed. <laughs> Marx is—he's even—he's even wearing those. Um, what are those? Those boho black rimmed glasses. He—he looks like a beatnik, like you know, <laughs> lounging in some uh, San Francisco <laughs> diner or some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got the it's close. The, he's got Not the quite. Karl Marx beard going, the black rimmed glasses. It's we have we have we found a copy of this. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He plays the. He's playing the role a little bit. He's Man. got it. He's got it. Poor poor guy had to uh, to be Maga Matt for so long. <laughs> <you know? laughs> now he's Marxist Matt. Welcome to the I new day. I, we don't. We don't really know. We don't really know. It's fantastic. <laughs> People who are listening to this will have no idea what just happened. Well, (laughs) go back, listen to the show. Raquel Manuel's telling us she's literally never played Monopoly until they came out with (laughs) Opelousasopoly, which is a... The higher higher class version is what it is. It's... Is it, an elite. Yeah, it really is a scary thought that there is an Opelousasopoly. <laughs> like <laughs> there could be Brandon. We could even order Christchurchopoly at your. But but discretion. you see, Christchurchopoly wouldn't have a limited amount of properties. Mm, it would it'd be complicated. Ooh. How how do you create a board game? With no lid on it, with an abundant God, who <laughs> the bank in Monopoly has a limited amount of cash. Mm. God's bank is not limited. Cattle on a thousand hills, baby. Mm. <laughs> How would we make this game? I mean, just think. Just if give this... somebody a globe and be like, "Make rules, go." <laughs> Man, just think of this concept of a. Uh, what uh, what someone call an unrestrained vision, mm-hmm. an open universe mm-hmm. with an abundant, loving father over us. If that idea could come into a world, wow, what could it create? Mm. It, in fact, I will say this. It is because that idea came into the world that we're all sitting here drinking lattes mm. in the air condition, mm. complaining about how rough we've got it. Ooh. Right. It's because oh, of dang. that idea that the poor have flat screen TVs and telephones, mm. right? And, and it is because of those ideas early on in the history of the West that we mm. have the luxury to sit around like spoiled babies mm. complaining mm-hmm. about how hard we have it when mm. our ancestors were living and bleeding and dying. Mm-hmm. For us to be able to have these things, mm. and that's deep. Yes, deep that's stuff. Deep. So I think the monopoly thing can help y'all understand it. Well, let's get into the details a little bit more. All right, I'm ready. Let's All go. Right. For All Karl right. Marx, everything is economics. Okay. See, what I do believe is that everything is theology. Ah, I see. That okay. theology is the uh, you know the the center. Okay. That a person's theology and that a nation's theology will ultimately determine the shape of it, mm-hmm. will determine the blessings of it mm-hmm. or the cursings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For Karl Marx, it wasn't about philosophy, it wasn't about theology. Was all about the strife, all the difficulties was about economics. So at the end of the day, where does the buck stop? That's the real question. That's right. Mm. Who's producing it? Who's producing the products or the services? Mm-hmm. How are they producing it? By what means, what strategies, what structures? Right. How are they distributing it? Mm-hmm. Who is determining the prices? He believed that these economic conflicts and these economic structures is what was causing the societal ills that he was seeing in his day. Hmm. And in his day, you could probably look out into the city and, and kind of have an idea where he came up with that idea. Right. Hmm. Um, but we know in Scripture that underneath economic structures is theological Presuppositions, yeah, that's theological right. presuppositions. That's exactly right. We understand that the Bible has economics in it, right. that it has a blueprint for a society to build its economic structures, mm. and it's all based on reality rather than delusion, because mm. it has a proper view of God, a proper view of the universe, proper mm. view of man, 
proper view of the relationship between men, right. proper view of sin and salvation and the right. history and the future. Right. Marx has all of those things wrong. Hmm. And so the structure he creates, of course, doesn't work either. And the people who would argue, no, you have to get religion away from it. That way you've got an unbiased view. They actually are embracing a biased view by trying to say that there's no religion. Where there really is, they're they just can't see it. Amen. They are embracing <laughs> pluralistic uh, or a pluralistic political theology. Right. Or they believe in a pluralistic economic structure that many gods can have a seat at the table and we can sort of come together to create a good economic structure. Mm -hmm. So, but Marx believed that societal ills would be found when they readjusted the economic structures of society. That societal evolution or societal salvation would occur mm -hmm. as a byproduct of getting the economics right. Okay. Right? Okay. But it was um, atheistic. Mm. No sovereign Lord blessing or cursing. No sovereign Lord blessing people for hard work. Mm. Wealth could not be produced in his worldview because of hard work and wealth. Mm. Hard work and sweat and tears. Mm -hmm. Wealth was only and ever, always um, done from exploiting the poor. Hmm. Private property in and of itself, because it created a division in the property in society between the owners and the non-owners, itself was inherently evil. Mm. Private property itself. But his, his views were also evolutionary. That his understanding was that this um, economic structure would lead to societal change and societal evolution, mm -hmm. and that society at large would achieve a, a, eventually more of a utopian um, existence, mm -hmm. a communist existence, mm -hmm. in fact. So the way they saw it, the way he saw it was that the proletariat, that's the exploited class, the okay. oppressed, okay. right? What um, the cultural Marxists of today would call people of color, women, and LGBT community. Mm -hmm. In their mind, those are the culturally oppressed. Okay. They are the proletariat okay. in the cultural Marxist worldview. Okay. But for Marx, he wasn't, he had, wasn't too cultural Marxism yet. He was speaking mostly in the terms of economics. Okay. So the non-property owners, you know, the, uh, the poor, the mm -hmm. people who are financially poor, that they would rise up and revolt. Right? They would join their forces together, join up in a collective, rise up and revolt, and they would take over the property. Okay. They would take back. They would flip the board. Okay. Okay. And they would take back all the property okay. and the tools and the factories, the means of production, the means of agriculture. Mm -hmm. They, as a class would take those things back to themselves. Okay. okay. Okay? Once that had occurred, there would no longer be class struggle and class warfare and exploitation, and as a result, there'd be societal evolution. Mm. Right? Okay. So what they did, though, is because of this belief in evolution, they believed that, that society had to go from capitalism to communism in stages, gradually over time. Okay. So okay. you, you can't just take away all the private property at once. And we talked about this a little bit last time. We talked about the march through the institutions. That's that's especially one of the way one of their strategies. Mm -hmm. One of their strategies, um, and that's specifically for cultural Marxists. For for these people, they believed in redistribution, mm -hmm. but it's done through the power of the state. Okay. Of course, bit by bit, slowly but surely, because there's going to be individuals who resist. Mm-hmm. But it is true that socialism and communism are not the same thing. Socialism is a halfway house to communism. Hmm. Marx, saw, Marx and others saw socialism as sort of a compromise with capitalism. Okay. They were okay. still, you had to work if you wanted your ration. Okay. But in their mind, once communism took over, people would want to work. 
there would be sort of a, a, a intrinsic motivation. Hmm. So they had a different anthropology, a different yeah. view of man completely. Okay. Okay. But okay. in socialism, the state determines how much toilet paper costs. Hmm. Right? That sounds familiar. <laughs> Wait a second. That's right. Hold on. The state determines what is produced. The state tells you what you eat. Mm. And when you eat it mm. and what you produce, the state, you don't look for a niche. The state tells you this is what you can what do. you're going to do. And you know, that's interesting because whenever you are in, I don't know, I think it's eighth grade in the public school system. You take this test called the ASFAB. You guys remember the ASFAB? You remember the ASFAB test? Yeah. And the whole point of the test is to tell you what you're good at, <laughs> assuming that you might try to join the military one day. But it's yes. that particular type of skew. It's like, here's your, here's your niche. Here's where you can go do this thing. They believed in central planning, mm. that they could design society. They could make it so that the monopoly game thing didn't happen mm -hmm. through central planning, through distribution. The proletariat would rise up, take over the means of property. It's the oppressed class, for those of you just joining us. That's right, the oppressed <laughs> class. But then the state would have to be the ones to enforce uh -huh. everything. Okay. A collective group can't enforce it. Mm -hmm. you know? The state would be the ones to enforce it. They would say what you eat. They would say what medicine you use. They would say if you get treated or not. And so various bureaucratic agencies would be designed to plan and to organize and tell everyone how they're going to live. Mm. You can already mm. see that we live in a semi-socialistic nation. Mm -hmm. Now, Absolutely. people will say we're not as socialist as such and such, and we're certainly not communist. But yes, that's because socialism is a halfway house. It is a synthesis. So you're on. A, you're moving in a certain direction. It's you're on designed the way. exactly. It's designed mm. as a transitional stage, mm. as a mm. transitional stage to total to, to what total they communism. believed was salvific societally mm. um, communism. That's so interesting. So uh, to go back to one of the comments that you made before, like the price of toilet paper, I think everybody can remember about three months ago when. We were very much out of toilet paper everywhere. Now, we shop at Costco, so when we buy toilet paper, we already buy it by the case, mm -hmm. so we were fine. But even one of my clients, they made a joke for a little while that they were now accepting currency in form in of toilet, form of toilet paper. paper. You know, it was one of those things that we ran out because the price got locked. The price got set because whenever they flip the state of emergency switch... It locks all the consumer-level good prices. You can't change any of mm -hmm. that stuff. You have to stay on price point. And because of that, runs on the stores could happen, and the shelves were bare. But if the market was loose, more free... You might think twice before you bought that giant, you right. know, that third jumbo pack. That's right. So that jumbo pack of toilet paper is going to cost me $120. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm okay. You know, and I, the, I and, think I'm And this okay. is what we see. In, in a society that does all of its economics through central planning, mm -hmm. through bureaucratic agencies telling you what you're going to produce, how much it's going to cost, who gets it, right. what you end up seeing is shortages, bread lines, crummy products mm -hmm. because you don't have that edge that competitive edge you don't have people trying to compete and get into a market no, you they, don't have guys who are undercutting somebody else's price to try and get their share yeah it's so much of it in so much that is produced in socialistic societies mm -hmm. is going to be crummy mm -hmm. products mm -hmm. by and large mm -hmm. it's going you're going to run to shortages and bread lines et cetera. Et cetera. now you wouldn't see that if you watch the uh, propaganda um, on the te on the nightly news, mm. how they glowingly they're like, look at Sweden, how lovely and beautiful Sweden is. You know mm. they've advanced so much. Don't believe it. Don't believe all of this nonsense. Mm. Um, try try what they do in Sweden in the deep south. 
We'll see how that works. <laughs> it won't last for very yeah. long. Anyway, we don't want to get sidetracked by that. But notice also that in Marxism, it's salvific. They believe in a future heaven, a heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, remember what does John Lennon say? Imagine, you know, oh. no, no <laughs> heaven above us, right? Yeah. No God, nothing out there here. All of us, one to, one, all of us together, mm-hmm. hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, the communist dream. They believe that socialism would evolve into communism. But that communism, you see, was, is a born as a baby and has to go through these stages of struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a, a baby in the womb begins at very earlier stages and evolves. You mm-hmm. see, they believe in evolution. Right. And, and when you, and you turn to your government school textbook and they show you the little, uh, the little monkey and then they show you the Neanderthal man, and then they show you the, the man standing erect and kind of put into your mind that all of this evolved this way. Right. They believe that for society, that it was slavery, then feudalism, then capitalism, mm-hmm. then socialism, mm-hmm. but soon would emerge the, the, um, the ultimate society. It's like their evolution towards utopia. Communism. They're trying to make a, a That's perfect right. world. <clears throat> they be- and they believe they believe that it will happen. Mm-hmm. They will. They do believe that communism is the end game of mm. progressing. And in communism, okay, but evolution has failed is, so many times. Right. Like, well, well listen here. Check this out. Evolution has occurred in communism to the point where people want to work, where people themselves are evolved because there's no longer any class struggle. Mm-hmm. There's no longer any of these economic causes for sin and strife what they wouldn't call sin Mm -hmm. and so because of that people have this intrinsic desire to do and to give to others on account of their need so in other words they've gotten rid of sin (laughs) this is a theological yeah um, it is a religion it must but it has to struggle and evolve so yes it didn't work in the past but it's still in a state of struggle it's still in a state of evolution that was just their version their That's, version. Right. And, and also, mm. they do believe that, that communism is a scientific movement. Okay. So it's all about the science. It's all about sociology, psychology, all about economics. Mm-hmm. And so part of what they believe is that this science wasn't there yet. Like, it oh. just wasn't ready to emerge. That's so interesting. So, but now, in the future, perhaps it will. Enter into the hive mind. Come. Absolutely, <laughs> which we're going to get to. That that's a great point. You see it coming already. All right. Um, I'm trying to get my internet to work here. I'm a. I got a. There we go. There we go. You broke it. Right. Wait now, here's the here's the next thing. We have some folks listening. No, no one. Everyone's left. I hope they're listening. We're alone because this is where it gets interesting. We okay. haven't even started talking about the family yet. Oh snap! Here we go. All right. Let's go in right now. Well, not yet. Not oh, yet. Oh, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Sorry. 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 Here's the thing. I'll start. I'll How start. is it that this stage? Of, of growth, of emerging of this communistic socia- society. There it is. How is it that it's enforced? Okay. Well, listen Who's to what... Who's in charge? Yeah, who does Who's it? Who's got the gun? Yeah, yeah. It's enforced, honestly, by terrorism. Listen to what Lenin Wait, said. roll back. Terrorism roll is back. how it is enforced. Okay, I'm listening. Right. I'm listening. They want this communistic society, this stage of salvation where the individual is finally freed and all strife is done away with because class is done away with. Okay. okay. But how do they make it through the transitional stage from capitalism to communism? Okay. This is what Lenin said. He said, during the transition, suppression is still necessary. Ooh. Suppression of what, my dear Lenin? Suppression of individuals. Suppression of families. Suppression of small businesses. 
suppression of private property. Much of what we see in our society today is governmental suppression. Hmm. It's very often done in the guise of climate control or government regulations or care for the poor, or taxation. But there is a, a systematic suppression of capitalism, of the economy, of private property that is occurring. He says, during the transition, suppression is still necessary, but it's the suppression of the exploiters by the exploited. Dang. <laughs> Man, this is ringing so hard right now. This is going on all around us. This it's is exactly now. what's happening. It's been happening for 20 years. He, he called it the dictatorship of the proletariat. The, the quote-unquote exploited Man. would rise up as dictators. Now, how does the proletariat... These are pe- in That's his the world. Oppressed people, by yeah, the, way. the oppressed, oppressed people. In his world, these are peasant farmers. Okay, these are factory workers. These are nobodies. Okay, this is not Lenin. Lenin, you know, Lenin is not one of them. Okay. You know, he's not a man of the people. Okay, and, you know, so how does this quote exploited class? Mm-hmm. How do they terrorize? How do they enforce? How do they suppress? And he says, all right, a special apparatus. A special machine for suppression, the state, Dang. is still necessary. This is these are words from Lenin's mouth. Yes, this is this is his this design. Is, this this design. is their philosophy. This is wild. But here's the thing. Oh man! But the state is transitional. You see, they yeah, didn't okay. believe the state was ultimate. They don't believe in the need ultimately for government. Okay. Because they don't believe in the fall. They don't believe in sin. Mm. They don't believe in God's law or accountability. Mm. They don't believe men need to be restrained. They believe society needs to be restructured by central planning Mm. in order that man might evolve to his final state, the collective man. How interesting. Oh, man. So the Democratic Party of our nation is a big part of this machine. Okay. It's what their worldview is. Okay. Okay. It really is. And many of the Republicans as well. But yeah. not as many. We could just kind of say that. They do kind of look a lot alike. They're on, they are on slightly different drugs. Okay? <laughs> we'll, we're going to get to this. I we can't say everything in one show, right? <laughs> they are on. You're about to get quoted. Get it, do it. Do it. We, we, need, we need more shows, okay? We need more shows. Oh, and if you man. grew up a Marxist or a Democrat, I, I mean, no offense to you. And what I don't want you to do is think he's just deconstructed my entire childhood and now what do I have? Is he saying I have to vote for Donald Trump? Like, no, don't go there, okay? You, we're not going there. If yeah. you grew up in a Marxist philosophy because you were educated by the Marxist government schools, I'm going to show all that in a second. And we just say welcome to the club. And I'm tearing it all apart. The problem yeah. is you're like, but what is there? What's next? What can you offer me? What can you? And I'm telling you, it's in the scriptures. Mm. Amen. But I can't. We can't do that in five seconds, right? <laughs> we can't build a whole worldview. And I could. We can tear down one in a few seconds here, and right? Point it out to you, right? But we. It's going to take us some time. Can't rebuild it. But let's. Hey, let's Ooh. get to the same starting point though, Ooh. and let's rebuild together, right? So David Riley's listening. He says, "Midnight in Chernobyl" is a good book about the Chernobyl disaster. It's an amazing picture of the failures of a command economy and its impact on people's thinking. It's not a Christian book. He puts that disclaimer in there. But it inevitably conveys the dangers of communism. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. David's, David's a thinker. You know, he is. He's a thinker. But he's a millennial, too, isn't he? He is. Is right. that 
Can you do that? Can, can you do both of those? You things? can. You can. Of course you can. Dude, like David is. But like, he he's oh. a, he's a Christian millennial. He's second gen at least. That's right. He's like Man. he's got legacy on his side. Way to go, David. Good stuff. Wow. <laughs> the Republicans and Dems are on slightly different drugs. Hashtag Brandon Neely. We need to like start ranking your quotes. Feel Let's like. do it. Let's do it now. <laughs> here's the thing. Okay. Why does the pro- the proletariat, the exploited class, the oppressed in mm-hmm. our world, that's POCs, LGBTs, mm-hmm. and women, mm-hmm. right? Okay, they're yeah. they're the oppressed class. The opposite all of the, the news stories, male. all the news stories are chosen and selected to enforce this con- constant narrative. Okay, they're the exploited. They must rise up, and they need a mechanism or a machine, which is the state. Mm to enforce redistribution to bring about economic equality mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that we can enter into societal evolution. Right? This is their religion and their worldview. But why is it that you need the state? And here's the reason. Because there's people like you who like don't me. want to go along with the program. But I'm a nice guy. People like me. No, no, no. They tell me that. Let's you like him. me, hit Marsh the like Matt, button in the comments. Get him. Let's do it. Tar and feather him. Get the pitchforks. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. You see, guy, you though. believe in property. Oh. Mm. You, but so does anybody who owns you, a house. We should also uh, say uh, that. You believe it's yours. Oh, you, <laughs> you are sorely mistaken. It belongs to the sovereign state. Oh. Who gives dang. it to you as a stewardship. Mm. Right? Which functionally it kind of does. What happens the moment I don't pay taxes? We'll take that. And we will sell it at a very low discount to the sh- on a sheriff's sale to one of our buddies. Right? To the next guy yep. who would like it. That we know, that we go fishing with on the weekends. <laughs> oh, <right>? dang. <laughs> now, now, listen. We could go into property tax for quite some time. Yeah. And we could, um, you know, we could... We need a whole episode. ...really complain about how socialistic our society already is. Mm. I, you know, honestly, we Americans, we think we're free. We love to talk about land of the free. We don't realize how enslaved we are. Ooh. You know, we're half-time slaves. Dang. You know, we're half-time slaves. We're like, we're doing slavery like like a side gig, right? It's our side hustle. Or maybe it's our main <laughs> hustle. Maybe it's our main hustle. Slavery's a, yeah, that's my side hustle. <laughs> Slavery's my side hustle. 50% of my, of my uh, property is stolen and redistributed mm. uh, for their salvific endeavors. Dang, you're not wrong. No. You're not wrong. So, but, but there's people like you that don't want to go along with the program, don't want to get with the program, and keep trying to keep your own property and pass it down to your children like those are even yours either. <laughs> oh, dang. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, dang. But, of course, all of this state oppression, what I would call oppression, what they would call yeah. facilitation, right? Mm, mm, um, mm, it mm, falls mm. away in their worldview eventually because private property ceases. Private ownership ceases. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but don't think that nobody owns it. Somebody the state does. owns it. It's owned by the government. Yeah, the people with the guns own it. Mm. Right? They also believe that money ceases, that money becomes irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Because everyone is sort of entering into this salvific stage where there is equality and we no longer need money. We just we work and we serve and, and the state through central planning distributes to whomever has need. Mm-hmm. Right? That's their little motto. Production will then increase and flourish as if we are in a golden age. Right? Mm. Production increases, and as Mark as Marx always desired, we'd work a few hours in the morning and spend most of our days in leisure and, and in luxury, work a few days a week like the French tried their four-day four work week, and, and we would no longer have to live in such drudgery. The curse would be finally lifted. Mm. 
Man would no longer eat by the sweat of his brow, but man will have gained collective salvation through the power of the state. And can we just also say that this has been tried and it has not worked? Like, so if we just think back to China, China tried taking over all the food production for their entire country and they tried to centralize it and make the state do it. And eventually, after famine kept happening, kept happening, kept happening, they gave up and they turned food production back over to the public and then everybody could eat again. It's yeah. a thing. Unfortunately, in China, they still don't believe it's the people's. They still refuse to acknowledge that God is sovereign and that he gives property to people to exercise dominion and stewardship over. Mm. They, they still refuse. The government there still refuses it. But that government is under judgment as well. I do believe that, that God will be victorious there as well. So now let's move to the family because this is the household and homestead show. Okay. And honestly, this is the most fascinating aspect how does all of this that I'm talking about in big picture terms, mm-hmm. theological terms, how mm-hmm. does it intersect with the family? Okay. You got to think about the family, though, for Marx as an economic unit. Okay. Okay. And he believed that it would no longer, that it would eventually evolve to such a point that it would fade away. Hmm. So for Marx, there's no hierarchy, right? There's mm-hmm. no father as the head of the household mm-hmm. and wife as the helper and the life giver. As the Bible would say, okay. there's no hierarchy. And in fact, he believes there's no family. You know, ultimately, he believes it's a social construct. Okay. It's a more of a, it's an economic system or economic unit. He believed that it would fade away and that individuals would interact with the state as units, as individuals. So there, hmm. you would be a unit in the collective. You would not be a member of a household. Okay. I'm going to say something super controversial here. Ooh, do it. When, when we fought for women's right to vote, okay. okay, that seems like a great thing. Sure. And I'm, I'm sure in many ways, I don't, I don't want to get into it all that much. But before that, households engaged with the covenantal government, the government that it, they had covenanted together as one. All right. Hmm. The household was the main point. So a household got a vote. Now, huh. the father voted because he was the head of the household, but he represented federally. He was the representation of the family, mm. and he represented the family to this other institution and gave his family's vote. I see. When, when we talk about women's right to vote, the feminists talk about it like equality. You see what they're trying? But what they're really trying to do is deconstruct society the way God designed it. They're trying to eliminate all hierarchy, hmm. and what that effectively did was mean that the household vote got canceled out Mm. oh oh, now now no longer does a household interact with other institutions Mm -hmm. the individual does Mm. so this is all part of a a larger movement yeah that's very interesting now i'm not saying that in the past men did not abuse their power of course they did all have fallen short of the glory of god right but the statist socialistic solutions are a attack on the family Mm. it's a part of their religion Mm. They believe it is a social construct, that it should be deconstructed, that it will eventually fade away. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For Marx, housekeeping was not something for the family. He believed it was a, it, it was like a, um, an industry, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it was to be done through industry forces. Okay. Right? He, he didn't believe in the productive household. Okay. A household owning a business, working together as a family, building it up and passing it to their children? Absolutely not. Mm. None of those things would ever happen. Because then his that vision. would mean the, the accruing of wealth. 
over time. The accruing right. of wealth, the accruing of property. Mm. He doesn't believe in the family. He doesn't believe it is an institution established by God. Mm. It is a social construct, one meant for oppression. And for cultural Marxists, the family is meant for the oppression of women. Hmm. For, for Karl Marx, the care and education of children was to be public industry. We've all seen The Matrix, right? <laughs> for Karl Marx, there is no inheritance. Okay. Right. There's no private property, right? And honestly, our government has been trying this out on the poor for decades. Hmm. The war on poverty, as declared by um, LBJ in the 60s, has been a war against the poverty and has been the deconstruction of the family of all those who would play along. Mm-hmm. Right. Much of what we see in society today is on account of their good intentions. Hmm. The Bible says the mercy of the wicked is cruel. And if you bow the knee to a false god Mm -hmm. and you engage in building a tower of Babel, you will suffer judgment along with the builders. Mm -hmm. Listen to what one communist said. He said, the moment the family, this is huge right here. This spells it out for you. The moment the family begins to enclose itself in a narrow circle of domestic interests, translate that for me. When the family starts thinking of itself as a family and doing its family stuff, mm-hmm. right, taking care of itself, being a family, mm-hmm. and thinking, I'm a part of this family, not that family. I'm a part of this family, not that. Mm-hmm. When you have family as an identity, right, it plays a conservative role in the structure of life. Now, what does it mean to play a conservative role in the structure of life? Well, if communism is progressing... It's holding on to private property. It's capitalism, Mm -hmm. right? It's resisting evolution. Okay. He goes on to say, the type of family we are obliged to destroy. Dang. Who was that? G. Grigorov, one of the older writers of the Communist Party. Okay. Okay. The small family farm represents one of the biggest, if not the biggest threat to Marxists. The small, independent family farm that is covenanted with other families Mm -hmm. and the state doesn't have any of their nosy noses in their business. Right. And they educate their children without listening to the government, Mm -hmm. without their certifications and their propaganda, and they feed their families. That group of people is the biggest threat to this religion. Oh, man. That's exactly right. Better duck and cover. Duck and cover. Listen to this one right here. Is it possible to bring up a collective man in an individual family? No. This is another um, Leodov, another um, communist writer. Okay. He says, no, you can't bring up a collective man. See, what a a collective man is someone who has this Marxist worldview. Yeah. They think this way. Right. They think of themselves as a part of a class. Right, right. I mean, do you not see that in our world right now? Absolutely. People think of themselves as slaves, Hmm. even though they were never slaves, Mm -hmm. simply because the skin tone that Mm -hmm. they have. People, in fact, think of themselves as oppressors, exploiters of the poor, simply Mm -hmm. because they lack melanin, Mm -hmm. because they think of themselves in this class and they've swallowed this propaganda Mm -hmm. that that's all you're about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People think these things. It's deep in our in the marrow of our souls. Right. They say, is it possible to bring up this sort of collective man? With this collective identity in an individual family? No. Mm. A collectively thinking child 
may be brought up only in a social environment. Every conscientious father and mother must say, if we want our child to be liberated, he must be isolated from us. Hmm. The sooner the child is taken from his mother and given over to a public nursery, the greater the guarantee that he will be healthy. That's Leodov. In the work entitled About the Way of Life, published in Moscow, Moscow, Soviet Union. Dang. This is very interesting. This is what the government schools are all about, guys. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is deep in our worldview. It is the religion of many, many, many Americans. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. the moment that we are in, in, experiencing in our nation. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is why we must be alert. It's a big shift happening right now. Seems like it's a shift um, faster. Not necessarily that things are just now changing. They've been changing for 20, mm-hmm. 25 yeah, years. Yeah, gradual. But I'd say in the last year, it's happening much faster. Well, like there's, there's different sprint. brands of Marxists, different brands of evolutionists. Some believe in more of a gradual, slowly, slow growth and mm-hmm. evolution. Others believe in um, uh, episodes of quick growth sort okay. of like that happen here and there. And so mm. there are different styles. Black and Swan guys. Yeah, that's their style. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Maybe uh, some of our listeners can help us. Why doesn't it work? Why hasn't it worked? Why are the cities which are run by Marxists completely engulfed in poverty? Mm. I believe that would be found in um, Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> help, me, help me out. Flesh it out for us. It's the fall, bruh. Amen. Man's Amen. utter depravity. Sin is in the world. We think that we're going to put... Who's going to be the perfect sinless person that governs this society and make sure that all the cogs line up just so? It's not possible. The Amen. guy who gets to the top is going to be a sinner just like everybody else, and Amen. he's going to dictate and decide. And maybe in your society, it's like, well, there is no guy. There's always well, going to be well, a guy and at the he, top. And who's even able to do this? No. Like, even all of our brains put together. Right. How are we supposed to figure out the perfect scenario right. to, to lift the curse? Mm-hmm. And, and when seeing the fact that the, the, the universe is governed by a sovereign Lord, would, will he ever, ever allow this to take place? As right. soon as the Tower of Babel starts getting high enough, he brings down chaos and delusion on us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He brings down judgment before they ever reach this sort of societal evolution. They keep oh. building. Yeah. They keep building. <laughs> so you would argue that even as this trajectory happens, as this Tower of Babylon gets built, as you put it, Eventually, God just comes in and cuts it out, no matter what. Yeah. He's going to shut it down. Yeah, we, Maybe that's what we've seen you historically. You think Sweden is so wonderful, so lovely. Everything is beautiful there and There's perfect. There's like 20 people that live there. Yes, and they're all <laughs> exactly the same race, same ethnicity, same language from right. the same place. Right. Just right. give it some time. <laughs> give it some time. And we're give not, it a little space. That's, that's um, <laughs> swallowing the premise that life is, you know, basically uh utopia over there mm. i do think it was, it's funny how sometimes they look at sweden and sometimes they um really 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 don't look at sweden like check out what sweden has to say about the coronavirus right let's all look to sweden these days we'll see what they have to say about that <laughs> didn't they so, practice they just did herd immunity wasn't that there? oh no i don't want to make a whole show about the virus <laughs> look up stockholm sweden's uh, university see what they have to say oh. since we're all following sweden these days so why doesn't this work because man has fallen the fall the Boom. curse that's right god is sovereign he will not be mocked the wicked have no rest mm. Mm. he will not allow it 
He rules over this world with providence, blessing, and cursing. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. nation that is righteous is exalted, and the nation that lives in sin and blasphemy will be debased, Mm -hmm. regardless if they have their structures just so perfect. Right. Which is impossible anyway. Amen. The Bible, look, the Bible offers us an alternative. It offers us blueprints for establishing economic structures. Which, we'll get there. We'll get there, we'll slowly get there. but surely. But I will say, look, I'm calling on my CPA friends, calling oh. on the on the Christians who happen to be in public policy. I'm not an economist. You're not. No. Oh. I, I'm not a public policy guy. You're not. All I'm saying, all I'm, all I can do is flip the flip the table. All I can do is pull <laughs> the legs out from underneath it. If we're going to ever um, follow the Bible's blueprint for economy. Mm. We're going to need some finance people. We're going to need some CPAs. Some who We're going to need stuff. some public policy people. Right. I, I can lay out the basics and the principles. Mm-hmm. How, about th- how about this one? Thou shall not steal. Let's start there. Let's repent as a nation and start with this one. Okay, God, we're going to trust your laws, and we're going to think, you know, okay, maybe a society would be better built with this, not stealing it from each other. Mm. Thou shalt not steal. No more imminent domain. No more overweening taxation. Mm. No more Ahab stealing Naboth's vineyard. No more of this um, outrageous um, interest rates and generational debt. Mm. All of these various forms of theft. No more inflationary practices. Mm-hmm. Forget this. We need just weights and measures. There's a Bible has a lot to say about economics. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If you reap, you sow. Wealth comes from work. That's where I, that's where I could help. Mm-hmm. Is I can lay out the theological basis of, of this. But honestly, if we're going to follow all of Christ and all of life, we're going to need some people to run for public office. Mm. We're going to need some Christian economists, or at least we're going to need some Christians to find some Christian economists and give them a platform. Right. 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 So, man. Amen. What about those of us who are educated and enculturated in this worldview? Listen, it's okay. We're all coming out of Egypt. Amen. It's okay. We're coming out of Egypt. Um, we're learning together. Mm-hmm. And we, we're going to continue to look to the Bible for biblical solutions about all of this. Amen. Amen. Amen going to take time there is hope right. even for marxist <laughs> there was hope for any marxist who would turn from their sins and follow christ poor matt tiny desk nicknames he's got a hard life well t- isn't tiny desk kind of marxist isn't it kind of like <laughs> <laughs> he's like straight up working at npr over there <laughs> Very fair, very fair. Well, guys, thank you all so much for joining with us again for another episode of Household and Homestead. If this is your first time stepping in, you're wondering what it is that we are all about, you can go to sermonaudio.com, search for the keyword We Are Christ Church, and check out all of our past shows. If you want to watch them in video form, which might not be as exciting, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com, search for Christchurch Media. You can find all of our shows, as well as God and Government, which yes. is tomorrow. Tomorrow um, at 11. 11 o'clock. We'll talk about this some again. more, too. Ooh, I'm all in, baby. Um, if you're looking for ideas about um, maybe how to start that small family farm, <laughs> uh, Pastor Brandon and I both have hipster homesteads? Yours is wannabe homestead. Wannabe homestead. Yeah, we could call. I that. told my my daughter that we don't call this a farm until we make something. Like we <laughs> we can make honey. We we've produced our own honey, so that feels like a win. And and our own eggs, I should say. And well, I've eaten, I've eaten some going. poultry. That's happening. But one day I want like the whole kitchen just filled with. There's our rabbit, our chicken. <laughs> yeah. Our eggs. I went. You know the store. I hate to do this, but well, let's go. Went to Janice's local Cajun market. Janice's. Janice's. <laughs> 
I asked the, uh, I asked the butcher, hey, where you get these rabbits? You don't want to know the answer. Don't want to hear it. China. Oh no! Don't say it. Communist bunnies. <laughs> yes, sir. Tommy bunnies. Oh my I said, gosh! I said, I'm here for you, fam. <laughs> Give me a couple years. We're gonna work. We gonna I fix will this. supply your rabbits. This. this is fantastic. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're calling it. Thank you guys so much for joining with us. You can go to sermonaudio.com, search keyword "We Are Christchurch." You can go to wearechristchurch.com/media to follow all of our different shows and things we have going on. You can email me, Stuart, at We Are Christchurch, with any questions that you may have. Um, pass this word on to your friends. Share this show with those around you. We're starting a, a, a movement, mm. ooh, a revival. And it's beginning here in the heart of Acadiana. So we want you guys to come along and bring your friends with you. In the meantime, and until next time, we will see y'all later.